This is episode number 301. What makes you believe in the story you are telling yourself with Caleb Pearson? Welcome. My name is Oleg Lohid, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your fullest potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a few quick announcements. First one being an invitation to all of our listeners to our upcoming weekly conversation called Survive to Thrive, Live the Story You Create. What this is, if this is your first time hearing about it, is a series of conversations that take place every single Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, hosted through LinkedIn and Facebook Live, where we explore the connection between one's personal narrative and the topics of grief, appreciation, gratitude, and many other topics. If you feel that this is of interest to you, please consider visiting our website at overcomingodds.today, where you'll be able to find the latest details regarding our upcoming conversation, as well as an archive of all the previous ones. The second announcement that I wanted to make is in regard to our show, and that is if our show has had any form of impact in your life, please consider supporting our work by either making a contribution through our website at overcomingodds.today or leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can find these inspiring and courageous conversations. Now, let's get back to the show. I'm really interested to have this conversation with you and, and Melody and everyone else that chooses to tune in because I found that throughout my own journey, this concept of belief has been a, a very big thing when it comes mm. to actually creating a story that a, not only I believe in, but also a story that I can manifest and create through action and all these other things. And one of the things that I was really curious about as I was reflecting upon my own experience of what makes me believe in a story that I'm telling myself, and that's I believe it is tied into a fundamental truth of who I am. And I think that one of the truths that I've discovered about my own journey and my experience to this point is that regardless of how difficult an obstacle might be, I will always find a way. Now, I don't know what makes me believe that. I don't know where it comes from. I just know that from previous experience, that is the thing that has been kind of the backbone of my story and everything that I've created to this point. And so I'm curious that maybe one way that we can even start off this conversation is in thinking about belief in your own story. How do you understand that? And at the end of the day, when everything is going south, what makes you believe that A, the story can be better than the circumstances that you might be experiencing right now? Is it something that you've experienced when you were a kid? Is it a recent discovery that you've had within your life? What, what makes you believe that to begin with? You know, Oleg, it's so funny whenever we finally get to talk again, um, because we always seem to be so in sync. Um, mm -hmm. Where I'm at in my life, I think, is exactly what you spoke on. And that is me taking a look at, at my in my life and um, things that have happened and has transpired. And um, if I am anything, it's resilient. Because at the end of the day, just like you're asking, at the end of the day, after everything has gone down, everything that's happened throughout the day, um, 
things that you've experienced that you wanted to happen and then the unexplained that just happened, right? Uh, that throw maybe throw dogs running down the street or, <laughs> or which did happen for anyone right? that's tuning in right now. <laughs> recently for me having holes in my tires and having to replace tires. And um, but at the end of the day, when I lay down and I look over how my day went and where my day fits into my story, into my life, I may be frustrated, I may be going through some things and I may be feeling some stressors, but I always find a way to the other side. So anything, I am resilient. And I think back on that and I'm like, well, what makes me so resilient? What makes me uh, want to keep pushing on even when uh, all the odds are stacked against me at the end of the day? And one thing that reigns true is one, um, nothing lasts forever. Everything is temporary. Even if sometimes uh, the darkness or whatever you may be experiencing seems to linger on a little bit, uh, it's all temporary. So that's one thing that helps me out and uh, helps to fortify my, my resiliency. Another thing is I am well connected. I have a lot of friends, a lot of friends. I have an Oleg. <laughs> I, have, I have family. I have a lot of people who care about um, me and my well-being and care about the story that I'm telling, care about where I'm at in that story. So that's mm -hmm. a huge part. And that's actually a two-parter. So not only do I feel that support, but I feel that drive to want to not please them, but to want to make them feel at ease that I'm okay. Did you always know this? Did you always know this level of resilience about yourself? Or was it something recently that kind of sparked that within you and helped you understand how resilient you really are at the end of the day? You know, I, I learned when I was like a little kid, I, when I was a little kid, how resilient I am, because uh, I, have, I have two brothers and a sister, uh, a twin, an older brother and an older sister. And um, we when we were little, uh, I was the weird one. I was the odd one out. My mom thought I was special. So <laughs> she went and had me tested and everything. And uh, I was just really weird. I was so weird that my dad just didn't really want to mess with me. And um, so I was often left to my own devices to do my own thing. And uh, I was misunderstood a lot. And one way that I was, and I'm sorry to put a damper on this conversation, but it's a part of my story and it's a part of my experience yeah, to yeah. make me who I am. But I was like three or four. And I remember I had gotten in trouble as a kid and uh, I, I've spoken about this on different podcasts and stuff, but um, I had gotten in trouble and I had it'd been a string of me getting in trouble for things that I hadn't done. And because I felt like I was so misunderstood and that I was the only person who understood me and none of my family did, it put me in a very low place. And uh, I remember I had gotten in trouble and everybody had left the house to go outside to do things. And I got in trouble and had to stay inside. And I remember I tried, I tried to take my life. I tried to kill myself as a, as a four-year-old. And um, I was unsuccessful. Not, obviously I'm here, but not because of lack of trying. Because I, long story short, I was going to um, stab myself and I couldn't. Uh, for whatever reason, um, like all my mag, I tried and I tried and I tried, 
and I wasn't, I actually ended up breaking the tip of the knife trying to do so. And mm. that made me realize that, man, I have a purpose. I may not know it now, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I may not know what I'm supposed to do, but I do know that I'm supposed to be here. Because mm -hmm. despite all the things that I tried to do to take myself out, it wasn't time for me to go. Um, that showed me that I can endure, that I can be okay with being not the same. Mm -hmm. uh, and it didn't matter if people understood me or not, I still had a purpose. And mm -hmm. I feel like I still have a purpose today. Uh, so everything that I do in my life, I do it with um, not only passion, but with a lot of compassion for the reason why I'm doing what I do. There's, I don't just do anything just, you know, off the wall, willy nilly or whatever. It's always because I put a piece of myself into that. Um, because I know that the journey that I'm going on, whoever I end up being, whatever my legacy ends up being, uh, it's going to impact people along the way. Mm -hmm. uh, that I do have a purpose, uh, which helps build my resiliency, it helps me be, be a resilient person. And I embrace the things in life that I'm meant to experience. I may not always like it, mm -hmm. right? I may get angry at it. I may feel down. I may feel depressed. I may feel sad or anxious. But I know that, one, I'm meant to feel those things um, in that time. But what am I supposed to get out of it? So I take a look at it, I reframe it, and I try to find purpose, mm -hmm. which helps build my resilience. Melody says, for me or for her, the, the greatest belief is the bigger the struggle, the bigger the purpose, which is really interesting that she points that out because and it's interesting that you even shared this story to begin with. This morning, I was having a conversation with Jessica and a couple other people on, on a weekly call that we host. And one of the things that we were talking about was this concept of belief. But more importantly, when everything is going south, what do you choose to turn to? So we, we somehow connected those to our inner truths that we believe to be true at the end of the day, regardless of the circumstances. And one of the things that I noticed myself was even as I was sharing the different things that I believe to be true about my own, myself and my own journey, how there have been so many times where I took those things for granted about myself, because I'm just knowing that when, when things are challenging and, and very ch extremely challenging to begin with, I know that I'll always find a way to get through them, but in, in not taking the time to fully appreciate those things, which I believe are skills that I've developed over time the ability to ask for help, the ability to tell people what I might be going through and, and really utilize all the resources within my fingertips. And I realized that in not acknowledging those things, I actually lost appreciation for them over time. Mm -hmm. And so in a way, I think that belief has always maintained, but it, it wasn't as strong as it maybe might have been if I did show it appreciation. And so we, and it brings me to a, a similar question that I had asked the people this morning on this call when you were sharing your own story. What do you think contributes to that concept of appreciating something? Mm -hmm. What makes you appreciate something? Is it the loss of it, the absence, or is there something else completely different involved 
that makes us appreciate these things that are truly fundamental skills for us when everything becomes challenging to move through? That's that's a really good question. And I think that um, there's many things that probably contribute to that. You know, you heard that mm-hmm. thing, you don't know what you have until it's gone. You don't yes. really appreciate something until you no longer have access to it. Um, that's one aspect, right? And that could be living life, not I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say complacency, but comfortable. You're used to having this. Um, you don't think about it anymore. It's just there, right? Um, for instance, take my brother, for uh, example, um, born a healthy little baby boy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, running, jumping, playing sports, all that kind of stuff. And now he's, you know, 35 years old and my brother is a du- double amputee. Never in his world or my world would I have thought that um, he would live out his adult life into his old age um, without mm-hmm. use of his legs, right? Um, we don't think about our legs. <laughs> yeah. Just or breath, breath or sight, right. any of these things. Right? We just get up. I know that when I wake up in the morning and I sit up and I go to turn and I, I swing my legs off of my bed and I put my feet down, I know they're going to catch me. I know that they're naturally, they're going to catch me. I mean, I mean you know, they may be tingly or something because yeah. the way I, I don't know, but I know they're going to be there. I don't have to think about it. When I'm taking a step, I don't have to think about that step I'm about to take, but take my legs. And let me try to do that same thing the next day. Mm-hmm. And I go to take that first step and my leg is not there. Nothing's there to catch me. And then, man, I really appreciate when I have legs. Mm-hmm. But then you start to appreciate other things. I appreciate the fact now that I've learned to use something else over that. That I've learned to overcome that. I appreciate now that I have those around me who were there to help me get over that loss, mourn that loss, and I appreciate the support support and the the strength of my friends, family, and loved ones that were there to help me rebuild my strength, rewire Mm -hmm. my mind to what I know to be comfortable and natural. I'm still missing my leg, but I'm appreciative of what came out of realizing I don't have it there because I have people there to support me. I'm appreciative of that. So So do you think loss is necessary to appreciation then? No, I think awareness is necessary. Awareness. Is a Mm. necessary, uh, I wouldn't even say skill. I think awareness is natural. The only thing is, is awareness is um, sometimes it takes, a, a leg being cut off or something being yeah. thrown in your face before you're aware of something. And sometimes it does not. Um, I would say though, the things that you're more comfortable with, the things that you feel come more naturally to you mm-hmm. are those things that maybe you need a slap in the face to realize, Hey, appreciate this. <laughs> Become yeah. aware of what this is doing for you. Right. My lungs help me take breath. I'm not mm-hmm. thinking about my lungs throughout the day. Not aware yeah. of the fact that, you know, if I have, say I had a, a, a lung condition or something, I'm not aware of that until it's brought to my attention. But when it's brought to my attention, I appreciate it. 
I yeah. appreciate the fact that whatever breaths I can get throughout the day, I can take those breaths. I also think maybe in a way it's a double-edged sword where certain things are meant to be brought to one's awareness in order to gain appreciation for it, and maybe certain things aren't. For example, I mean, I'm thinking about if I was aware of everything, right? The ability to breathe, to see, to hear, to taste, to touch, to do all these things. I mean, would it even be enjoyable at that point? Because I would constantly, just knowing who I am and my personality, I would constantly be asking myself, A, am I doing everything that I could with these things? Am I appreciative of them? And maybe there is beauty in not being able to have that level of awareness all the time maybe that is at the end of the day what life is about just quote unquote becoming uncomfortable or becoming knowing with the unknown you mm. know just knowing that there's so many things that are just completely outside of my awareness and i may never fully understand what it's like to appreciate breath until i no longer am able to at least through the same way that I am right now. Mm. And I'm also curious, and, and maybe this is a, a way for us to even step back from where we started and, and where we are right now, is in regard to this concept of belief and the story that you're creating. Do you believe in the story that you're telling yourself to begin with? If you had asked me this question three weeks ago, I would say yes. Mm -hmm. But as you and I have spoken about a lot, it's time changes a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Even just the minute that will pass by between now and a minute from now. Mm -hmm. um, hmm. I'm in a place now where my story is changing. Um, How do you know that? Because I don't value the same things that I used to. Mm. Because I don't, I wouldn't say that I don't value. I'm coming to the realization that I'm being pulled in the other direction. Mm -hmm. uh, I appreciate the journey that I've gone through uh, to get to where I am, but I am now, and this all ties into my story, believing in my story, our conversation about awareness, because now I am aware of the fact that my heart just isn't where it isn't where it was three weeks ago. Yeah. Um, ah, this, this conversation is just so meant for today because, <laughs> because you know, um, we're podcasters mm -hmm. uh, and I was so ready and so geared up to restart my part, my podcast for a second part. And my, I, I feel like that, that piece of me that I created in the Ignite podcast, I love the Ignite podcast, but I want it to go complete somewhere completely different. And I don't know what that is yet. Yeah. But I, I'm not, I'm in a place where I don't want to put something out that's not authentically me. And so I also open that up and expand it and look at the story that I'm telling myself right now. And I say, Am I living, am I writing the story that is authentic with me? I don't know that I am right now. Mm -hmm. because I'm being pulled in another direction. Uh, I'm being pulled in other directions. I've been in the Air Force now for 16 years. And I'm coming up to a place to where um, I have to decide whether or not I'm going to continue to do more years or 
what I'm going to retire or if I'm going to retire and do something else on the outside. I know what I love doing. I know that I love serving, but I don't have to serve in uniform. I can mm-hmm. serve over a podcast or, mm-hmm. you know, different platforms, but I don't know where I am right now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> I, I'm in a similar boat as you are because as you're describing all of it, one of the things that I've come to understand in the past couple of weeks is the this concept of holidays, it's a really interesting time for a variety of reasons. First is however many episodes ago, I had a conversation with, I believe his name was Shea Brown, and he helped me understand a very important aspect for my life. And that's instead of waiting for January 1st, continuing to remind myself that today could be my January 1st, regardless of what the date is. Just the ability to start and get enough motivation to just get going, thats that's been key. But I find myself that now in taking a step back and evaluating some of these things and having similar realizations about what you just said. And in fact, one of the people I spoke with this morning, she said the same exact thing where there was a moment where she actually considered the possibility of stopping her own podcast similar reasons. And and I think for me, and it sounds like for you, and I'd, I'll be curious to hear if Melody experiences the same exact thing with, with her writing. But whenever I get to the point where I feel like I'm no longer creating, that's where I have a lot of these feelings come up as far as what am I doing? What is the thing? Because I think for me, creation is is one of the things that gives me fuel. The ability to create new things, to to be inspired, to stay curious, and I. So I, I think for me, what I have come to realize, long story longer, is that the story is always evolving. I don't think I will ever get to that ultimate place of happiness, fulfillment, whatever it is, and that's solely because everything is constantly changing. And you mentioned this to begin the conversation with, and I believe in the same exact thing. Everything is temporary. Nothing is permanent. If that's true, then it's got to be true in regard to the story component as well. And so I think for me, I guess what I'm all, what I'm taking away from this is it's more about being able to be comfortable in being uncomfortable because the story evolves. And look, the story might change in minutes. <laughs> hours, days, you don't know who you're going to meet and you don't, you don't know how they're going to influence my sto- their story. And that's the, I think that's one of the hidden beauties of life for me is just the opportunity that every single person can truly make a difference in my life. But that's only because I'm open to that. Melody sh- says the same exact thing. She says, I go between creation and my hunger of learning. One thing that I've realized, and I'm curious how you actually do this, Caleb, or Melody, or anyone else, is in even creating the foundation for your story, what I did in the recent weeks is I literally just, I started with the values. What are the things that I value? And so I put in there, like, the ability to be courageous or to be bold, so take whatever actions that I need to take in life, friendships, community, curiosity, learning, and within each one of those, what I try to do, not on a daily basis, but a couple of times a week, is just have an honest reflection. Where can I be more, more bold? How can I be a better friend? Where can I be more curious? 
And the, the challenging part about that is there's no one there to check on you, right? There's no one there to check on your story and how you're writing it or even why you're writing it. You're the only one that's responsible for it at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think I, I, I can relate because I experience those things often. I think if anything, what I'm also learning, and me, I don't know if you can relate to this, is that it seems like the story is always in transition. Hmm. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Always. Always. You. I mean, and you said it. We, we talked about nothing being permanent. Uh, hmm. What makes you believe in the story you are telling? Uh, belief in yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, for me, that's my authenticity. Um, and we already spoke about this, about losing yourself and understanding the fact that you're losing yourself uh, maybe for something else or for someone else. Are you still telling your story? Uh, at this transition point for me, I mm-hmm. do a, a lot like what you have done or are doing is I lay it all flat. I lay it all on the line. Um, let me get down to bare bones, Caleb. What are my values? What does mm-hmm. Caleb Pearson value? Um, I respect, trust, education, um, service, people, friends, love. Those are that's that's me. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when you strip it all down, you take away the uniform, you take all away the ribbons, the medals, the uh, the trophies, the bodybuilding, strip it all down to bare bones me. Um, and that's what you get. So if I'm looking at my story, and like you said, nobody's there to check on it but me, if I take the time to now reflect, self-reflect, and look at my story, and those, a couple of those components are missing, Mm-hmm. Mm. What story am I telling? Yeah. Whose story am I telling? Yeah. And it's okay that some of those things change, right? Evolution. Some of those things evolve, right? Maybe I've dropped out. Um, I don't know why I would, but maybe I've dropped out education. And I'm like, okay, I don't really want to focus on, I don't value learning and education as much as I did before. That's okay. As long as I'm aware that I've made that decision. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not aware that that transition has happened, that I'm not, if I'm not aware that I've decided to cut friends out or drop education or uh, not worry so much about being compassionate and having passion for what I do, if that's a surprise to me that those things aren't there, then that's not my story because that's not bare bones, Caleb. That's not the spine of my book. None of the pages have stemmed from any of that. So I've got to take a look at what I'm doing. I also think what I'm learning throughout all of this, and Melody said the same exact thing, self-reflection is highly important. For me, one of the things that I'm learning throughout this is that it's okay to take a break. And I, I didn't used to be like this. I, I remember many years before this, when I didn't have certain things figured out, I would still go with the routine. And and by going with the routine, I even made it more complicated. 
because now I added additional layers that I have to process through. And I think the same thing that I'm learning now is in moments where I don't feel like I fully understand the direction instead of just continuing on the same course, literally just taking a step back, not doing anything but reflecting and trying to understand how did I get here? And where am I going? You know, what are the things that are actually leading me behind it? And I, I think, I, I don't know how it is for you or Melody, but for me, the values thing, it, it's really, it, it's almost like a, a compass. It's its the thing that actually helps me, helps me gain clarity to better understand it. And the other thing that I'll mention in regard to this is, I may never folded, fully know the entire package of what these, this ultimate story that I'm building if anything, it's maybe a series of choices or actions that I'm choosing to take based on the values that are mostly, most closely aligned to who I am mm -hmm. or what I understand to be about who I am. Because mm -hmm. just like you said, even those things change. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do well, I have the same concept of honesty as I did when I was 12? Probably not. Mm -hmm. And the big thing there, Oleg, is you being aware of those things that you changed. That you made that change uh, with, you know, yourself, me, Melody, whoever is listening that are in a, a position where you're a large part of your life or your profession depends on what other people see mm -hmm. or hear. It's really hard to, well, let me say it's really easy to gain an understanding of ourselves from somebody else's lens mm -hmm. um, because that's what we're gauging our success off of, right? Mm -hmm. um, did what I put out hit home with somebody? Did what I put out have an impact on somebody else? Mm -hmm. What about impact on me, right? Um, as an instructor, my whole job is to impact the lives and the minds and careers of my students to help them spring to that next level of leadership development to help them understand about problem solving and about uh, uh, negotiations and about military leadership, right? Um, and I gauge that success, whether I'm doing that based off of their feedback and their input. Mm -hmm. I gauge that based off of looking through their lens. But how often do I look through my own and I'm actually just like, she's spoke about how, how much am I actually self-reflecting? Yeah. How am I, how much am I actually looking through the mirror? And you talk, and we talk, I think we say this like every time we have a conversation. <laughs> like we do. comfortable <laughs> with being uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think that's a whole nother thing. You talked, you were speaking about it earlier about the double-edged sword of being aware of something <clears throat> and one gaining clarity and using that clarity as a positive spin on your life, right? Now I know this, so I can appreciate the things that I had with it and the things that I have without it. Um, I'm, I'm aware of that. But also being aware of something could force you to overanalyze mm -hmm. when something should just be natural. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. With People like you, um, the president, uh, you know, authors, actors. Um, mm -hmm. The thing is, whenever we are not ourselves, authentically ourselves, but our work is supposed to be authentic, 
they can see it. Mm-hmm. It can they can see it and they'll call it out, right? They will call it out. So it's important yeah. for you to take that time to take a break. There's nothing wrong with taking a break. You owe nobody nothing. Mm-hmm. You owe yourself everything. Mm-hmm. You owe yourself everything for your own health. Everything that you do after, you know that you're okay for other people. That's authentically you. But people can see if you're out there preaching about, mm, I don't know, yeah, um, self-preservation or um, development or education, but you no longer yourself feel the drive and passion to preserve yourself, or you don't want to educate yourself or that no longer is something that you feel anything in your heart for, people will see that that's authentically not you. Mm-hmm. It still may touch home with some people because some people just want to hear the words, but some people also want to feel it from authentic people with authentic, authentic experiences. Mm. That's how you build charisma. That's how you become charismatic. That's how you make impacts that last. That's mm-hmm. why you also impact yourself. Mm-hmm. Melody says we got to walk our talk. <laughs> Couldn't be more true. It's not. What is that? Um, do as I say, not as I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no, we have to. Not only are we writing this story, we can't just be putting pen to paper. We got to be living it. Yeah. And then if we're if we're living. If I'm living something that I look down and I'm looking on my on, on, my book and I, I can't, I don't recognize it. Now it looks like it's in a different language or the, the letters are all jumbled up. Mm. Well, now I got to rearrange things because something's not right. Mm-hmm. I, I'm missing something. There was a, a, I don't remember who said this or who shared this with me, but someone had shared this with me. I think it was about... Michael B. Jordan, and maybe you might have heard of this or maybe not, but essentially there was a time where he was asked to play a specific role in the movie, and he ended up telling the director of the movie that he needed more time to experience the character. So literally go out there in the world and live as that character in order to be able to understand it. And I think it's so interesting that you even bring up the same exact thing because I think for me, one of the challenges that I've experienced in being in this role, and I don't know if you've experienced this or or Melody because she, she writes quite a bit as well, is in being in a public role, that time for reflection, I, I don't know if it's as appreciated as maybe it needs to be to a degree. And that's taking a step back and sometimes saying, hey, I don't know the direction that this is heading. I don't know the story that I'm longer writing. And I need time to reflect. And maybe that's one of the reasons why people choose to create bulk of content to put it out there, let's say like a month or two months or however many months in advance. So that way they can take the time to reflect and to process and to learn all the different things that they have to learn from their story so that when they are ready to come back or when they're quote unquote out of content to share, then they can do it in the moment. And I, I don't know what the right or wrong way of doing it. I don't know if there is. It's just more so whatever way you pick, but maybe that's one of the reasons why 
scheduling things like that out mm. is important, maybe mm. to a degree. Right. <clears throat> but then and at I, the same time, one could also make an argument that, okay, so what that you don't choose to share for a week, for a month, mm. for months, for a year? What's the difference? Right. Is it really better to share things that you know you've outgrown that are no longer about your story? Or is it equally as important to take a step back and not share anything? Mm. I think it's important to share when you know you're ready to share. Mm -hmm. When you know you're ready to give something that's going to be value added to somebody else, which is another reason why it's taken me so long to put something back out on my own platform is I'm, I'm not there. I can, yeah. right? I can, I can conduct uh an interview or have a conversation with somebody, uh, I can do that. I can continue to release content. Yeah. But if I'm not, not that I don't value the conversation that I have with the person that I'm interviewing or that I'm having that table talk with, or I'm not valuing the conversation. It's, it's just where, where is my purpose behind it? And if I don't feel a hundred percent behind what I'm trying to create mm -hmm. and where I want that creation to go, what I want that impact to be from that creation. That's not me. Yeah. That's not authentically me. And some people may not catch it, but I will. And I know that some other people will. Right. Yeah. What I won't be able to sleep with is the fact that I know it's not me. <laughs> yeah. I'm the same way. You know, <laughs> I'll be going to sleep with a lot more question marks mm -hmm. about those things. How do you know when that thing is reignited then? Mm. How do you know when that passion is back? Or like, what do you, what do you do to even get back to that passion? I mean, it may not be the same exact thing. I know Melody shares here that she tries to reflect and let the reflection guide her. I do the same thing. I think for me, reflection it is that fire, mm -hmm. especially when it seems like there's no fire to be found anywhere. I just go back to it. Or gratitude is another thing that helps me mm -hmm. expressing it to other people or for things. And once again, I don't know how gratitude works or what about it works, but there's something about it that does. Mm -hmm. And it's um, that flow of energy. But how, how do you personally know that? Like what, what is that thing? So this is going to be, it's the simplest thing and it's probably the hardest thing for most people to do. Yeah. You just shut up and listen. That's it. All of what we're talking about, becoming aware, self-reflection, all of that happens when you just, you're quiet. Whatever it is that you've been loud about and so busy about and, you know, you start searching through stuff and you scuffle and you hear things and all that kind of stuff. You hear people talking, telling you where to find this, where to find that. Oh, Caleb, you don't know where your inspiration is for your podcast. Well, go listen here or go look there or read this book or go. No, sometimes it's just in me. So when I'm when I am lifting in the gym, I don't go on a predetermined workout. I don't go into the gym and I'm not checking off, oh, I got to do bench press. I got to do this. I got to do cables. I, I don't do that. I listen to my body. I just take a minute and I listen to what my body's telling me. My body's going to tell me 
what muscle group I should work because I'm going to fill it and which muscle should probably stay away from because it's maybe fatigued. Mm. Maybe I've overworked it for a while. Maybe it's just not the day for it. And it's the same thing when we're searching, trying to reignite our own lives or trying to find that repassion ourselves into whatever purpose it is we're trying to drive ourselves towards. Melody said it herself. She said that she lets her reflection guide her. Mm-hmm. She listens to herself. She listens. You know, they talk about your gut feeling, right? Listen to your gut. Let that guide you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's so simple, but it's probably one of the hardest things. Because there's so many outside variables and other uh, factors that influence us every day. And so many other things that we try to appease um, that maybe are quiet, that's quieting the voice within that we should be listening to. And it's turning up the volume on everything else outside. But you just, you really just, you, I listen. I just listen. Um, I don't know that I can put a date on the time that I'm going to get my aha moment. Right. I'm not going to be like, oh, January 26th, <laughs> it's coming. No, I can't do that. It may be tomorrow. It may be two seconds from now. But one thing that I have done a lot in the last few weeks, and not to blow your head up or anything, but I've listened to a lot of old stuff. Because, <laughs> no, I, and I, I say that um mm-hmm. Because as you're conversing with different people, and as I re-listen to our conversations, I'm continuing those conversations. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that I love about this platform is, although the question, what makes you believe in the story you were telling yourself, although the question has been predetermined, this conversation isn't organic, and it's happening live right in front of us. Mm-hmm. I don't put out well I used to right I'm I used to like you said amass um, a collection of material that I'm going to eventually put out I don't want to do that because I live in the present and I want it to be organic and I want to have that real time feeling of my aha moment and mm-hmm. I want to sit here in this learning experience you get what I'm saying yeah do you believe in plans then? Or how do you understand plans? I think there's a time for plans. Sometimes some things you just have to plan, right? Mm-hmm. I have to plan moving. I have to plan a PCS that I know is coming. To not do that would be irresponsible of me. Because then mm-hmm. I'm just inviting things to follow. <laughs> right? I'm just saying, oh no, I'm not saying live your life carelessly, right? You need to plan for some things, but there's also some things that you just need to let happen organically. Mm -hmm. I think when you try to force something, that's whenever maybe, and you may be rolling the dice, it may be a risk, right? Maybe you force something and it ends up being something you love, but there's also that chance that you force yourself into something and you hate it, but you don't know how to get your way out. Mm. Yeah, I could relate to that. I I think that's maybe one of the other things that you and I have a similarity around is being in the space and having the the opportunity 
to create things for other people, mm. other spaces for them to relate and things like that. There's also that time sometimes where it's, um, I think there's a fine line between choosing what I create and put out there because in a way I am responsible. Mm -hmm. Now I may not be fully responsible for what people choose to do with it, but I am responsible for what I choose to put put out there. And I think this, I don't know if you carry a similar responsibility or anyone else in that space. Uh, and the other thing that I think is interesting that you point out is in regard to the concept of plans and how there are certain phases that do have plans and others not. I'm, I can't say I'm at that point yet when it comes to the gym, but at the same time, maybe I could be mm -hmm. right. Just going in there and just using my intuition and tr really trying to listen where am I at and, and what do I want to work on and, and what needs additional time to rest. I know that in knowing who I am, going back to maybe even the earlier point that we made or you made around not knowing the story that you're creating at the moment. I know for me, once plans evolve, it seems like a difficult time to navigate through and mm -hmm. solely because it seems like everything's in transition. There is no form of stability. There's no form of comfort. There's no form of safety net to fall back on. And I know that just based on my own circumstances and everything that I've been through to this point, at times those those things are important to be able to create some sort of safety in in some elements. You know, the other thing, and, and I don't know if you experience this as well, but traveling between so many different cultures, I mean, all of that is shattered. Yeah. Home is changing every week. Mm -hmm. People are changing languages around you every week. <laughs> so everything that was familiar once upon a time becomes unfamiliar. Going back to being uncomfortable, be, being comfortable, being uncomfortable. And I think that's the same exact thing that I'm learning throughout all of this. And it's new to me is that not everything has to have a plan in that given moment. <laughs> Sometimes it is just about being in the moment and learning from it as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it is about having some sort of plans. Right. I think but, that, I think what you're doing is, is very noble because, and I, I'm a little bit jealous that you get the opportunity to do this because you are in a position where um, you can't keep regrowing your legs and your arms. Right. Yeah. You, <laughs> you, yeah. You, you chop them off and you're learning to appreciate the bare, the bare bones. Because mm -hmm. you have to, that's all you have to rely on. You, you're not in a place long enough to get comfortable to regrow your arms and legs. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta take in your new environment every, however often that you're moving. You got to mm -hmm. learn a new language or at least get comfortable enough to navigate yourself throughout the world, literally. Um, but isn't that life? Yeah. Isn't that life? In a mm -hmm. nutshell, that's what it is. That's that's yeah. literally the day to day. Mm -hmm. I think it's important. We need to take we need to take um, maybe strip off our armor, strip off the things that we 
know we have comfortably every single day. Now, I'm not saying do this all the time and this is just the way you need to live your life, but it's okay, I think. I think maybe even a necessity at some point in your life to get to a point to where let me really take some time, take a look at myself. Let me take these things off that I know naturally are going to hold me up. Um, and let me remove those things and let me mm-hmm. just rely on me and see what I get. Mm-hmm. I believe in that. I, I think that's one of the things that's been consistent regardless of the circumstances is that at the end of the day, the more the more that I chose to believe in myself, the better off I was. Mm-hmm. In every event. And look, there's some things that there's some not some things, there are many things that didn't work out according to the plan. Mm-hmm. In fact, if I'm being honest, when does it actually ever work out according to a plan? Yeah. According to a set of assumptions and expectations. Mm-hmm. Always different. Melody says you're getting to see a great variety of stations in life. It's quite the blessing. It really is being able to travel and experience all of this, especially during this time mm-hmm. in, in, in the midst of COVID. It's, I, some people say it's a different experience, but at the same time, I also argue to that. And that's when is it not a different experience? Mm-hmm. Even when quote unquote circumstances are no, normal, whatever that means, it's still going to be a different experience. The world is constantly changing. Mm-hmm. People are changing. The people that are living in one city today may not be the same people that live in it tomorrow, next hour. So I know that you and I can obviously continue to have this conversation until whatever hour. But for anyone that's listening, where can people connect with you? I, I'm not going to ask what do you have in the works because that's <laughs> yet to be figured out. And that's fine. I think that's the beauty of the journey, right? Mm-hmm. Is to be able to just be in each other's circles and continue to support one another through whatever way that one can. So outside of that, where would you say is the best place that people can learn or even connect with you? Yeah. So you can, you can find me on LinkedIn. It's just Caleb Pearson. Um, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn and hit me up, send me a message. I usually reply pretty quickly. Um, or uh, you can still check out the podcast that I have that is out there. The episodes are still available. Um, the Ignite podcast. It's still um, out there. It's still on every single platform. There's some great conversations, including one that I have with mm-hmm. uh, Oleg um, on there. So definitely continue to check that out. And Ignite's not going anywhere. It's just um, I just got to I got to find myself in it again. It's, it's just the thing. So you can still check that out uh, um, on Instagram at the underscore Ignite podcast or go to the Shadows podcast on Facebook. But uh, you want to have a conversation with me, the best way to do it is find me either on Facebook, just Caleb Pearson, or LinkedIn, and I'm love, loving to chat. Mm. Melody said that she'll be connecting with you here. And Melody, what I would like to ask of you is if you could share your website or different ways that people can connect with you, just put it in the comments. And for anyone else that's listening or going to be watching this all over, again, please feel free to connect with Melody. She is someone who puts out a lot of, I would say, pretty thought-provoking content through her blog, at least the things that I've read to this point, and those are the things that challenge me and help me learn and to grow from it. So, Melody, please share those things in there. And with that, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you, Caleb, for being a part of this, and Melody, and 
everyone else that chooses to tune in later on. It's, it's always, I, I'm always grateful for these conversations because even in the moment that I might be quote unquote growing through my story or trying to better understand what it is that I'm believing in right now, it's fascinating to be around people who are experiencing literally the same exact thing, just in a different pair of shoes. Yeah, we're like twins. <laughs> <laughs> we truly are. And so I just, I appreciate you and every time we get to connect. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, please consider subscribing to our future episodes so you can receive all of the latest content. Also, if you like what you heard, consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can hear these inspiring and courageous conversations. Once again, we thank you for listening, and we'll look forward to having you next time.